Good evening everybody! Ni hao! At magandang gabi po sa inyong lahat. Uh, welcome to H-Town Voice. H-Town Voice is an hour-long non-profit program on WJC's 88.7 FM radio. We are on every Sunday at 7pm to 8pm. This hour-long program provides an inside look at the Asian Pacific Islander Americans community and their culture, education, and their events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that listeners like you will enjoy our program and give support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. Anyway, I hope you appreciate my trilingual greeting in English, in Chinese, and in Filipino. And there's a reason why I added that Filipino language tonight. And this is DJ Alexicon, and joining me tonight is Jenny Wu. Hello, everybody. So, how was your uh, Thanksgiving, Mr. Wu? Uh, very relaxing, doing nothing, just watching TVs. And eating, I think. Um, I did not eat anything. I no. just mi- microwave food, that's it. You microwave the whole turkey? or No, no, turkey no? was uh, a week before we have a big party, but the Thanksgiving day, I just basically sat in front of the computer on my couch and eating junk food and watching TV. <laughs> Actually, watching a lot of Amazon.com. Oh yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Uh, I noticed that post. Uh, is that your? Is that the yearly tradition for you and your friends to have Thanksgiving yeah. before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Well, either that or, or after. We usually have about twenty-five of our friends and oh, nice. get together and then nice. you know a pack like dinner kind of thing and then cook everything. It's kind of fun. That's awesome. And make fun of each other and play Just Dance 2014. Ooh, yeah, yeah. See who's the stupid person of all? No, so just kidding. Who's, who's more talented? I wish we have a video of this. And and while everybody's our... drunk, which is kind of much more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I spent Thanksgiving with my with family and uh, friends, Thanksgiving lunch in the afternoon with no turkey. Uh, my cousin, no turkey? Yeah, yeah, she cooked a duck this oh, year. okay. And I think it's better because I didn't feel sleepy after, oh, okay. after I ate a lot. But then it, it's it's really true. Turkey makes you sleepy. And yeah, first, yeah. after lunch, I was just awake watching we, football. We have uh, when we had a party, um, we have probably over 20, uh, 15 different dishes. They're all vegetarian, which I hate. <laughs> yeah, me too. So the only thing I can <laughs> eat was turkey. But unfortunately, I guess everybody was hungry this year. So I only have like three pieces, two, three tiny pieces, and that's it. Hmm. And everything was, you know, everything vegetarian-based, so I couldn't eat anything. I was very hungry afterwards. But as for me, Thanksgiving dinner was good because I was able to load up during <laughs> because I didn't eat a lot during lunch. Yep. And, you know, I was able to eat a lot. Slept for a few minutes and then uh, 11.30 went to Best Buy and did my shopping. That's good. Yeah. So we are, we are having a very exciting 2014, right? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of new leadership coming up in the Asian community. Here. I noticed there's a lot of new yeah. ones. Yeah. So well, uh, do you want to talk about uh, OCA? Sure, we can talk about OCA. Um, OCA is the organization Chinese-American of Greater Cleveland. We are a one of the 84 chapters all over the United States, and we are a civil rights nonpartisan organization. I have been the president for 10 years in Cleveland chapter, and that's just kind of crazy because I think I guess I'm the only person that have nothing else to do that can do <laughs> run as a president. Uh, the good thing is it was a very good experience. The bad thing is um, I'm the long longest running president in Cleveland. They rely on OCA. They rely too much on you. Yeah. So uh, I was very, very excited. This is that's, this is very true that uh, we finally have a new election and we have a new president-elect coming in. That is great. It's like a new era. I know. I'm so excited. And sh- I think she, I'm very sure that she can do a lot of new different things. And everybody knows who she is. It's, ja- uh, it's uh, Lisa Wong. Yes. Woo, so Lisa. Lisa is a new president. So it'll be exciting. 
She's also the co-founder of the Cleveland Asian Festival, and she's very much involved in the community. And now he's, she's getting involved in acting. So you can see her in big screen, small screen,、uh, comedy work, and everything. And you can also see me、uh, on the small screen too. <laughs> you, you don't count. I don't count.、Okay. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about Lisa Wong. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Lee. I I have trust in Lisa. I've known her since college days. And really? Even, yeah, at Cleveland State University. She was、um, she was a senior then, and I was a freshman. Yeah. She, even then, she was active with the International Students Association. And when they graduated, I became an officer and involved、oh, with it. That's good. That's my first、uh, organization here in the U.S. She she's been involved with OCA for a very very long time. So I think she deserved this position, and I'm very positive that she will bring a new frontier. Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> new <laughs> frontier <laughs> where no woman has gone before. <laughs> right. Well, actually, take it back. There is a woman captain. Yeah, yeah, but I mean in OCA. Yes. <laughs> no, there's been there is there's been Frances Nancon,、oh. uh, Jenny Chang. But I think she, I think Lisa will be very exciting, and she's she has the energy and the vibrancy. Oh yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So I, I really, am, I, you know, would like to invite everybody here or everybody listening that if you can, February eighth, we're having a inauguration reception at Margaret Wong office. It's free unless you、um, or donation based.、Um, you can go to ocagc.org and you can check out and、uh, register there and then join us for an afternoon of reception. And we're going to talk about the interact interactive kiosk that we're going to unveil that day. Margaret Wong's office. Office is on East 38th and Chester 30, Avenue. East 36 and Chester. 36, and there is、yep. a big MWW at the top of、uh, the building. Yeah, and you will see the interactive kiosks all over the Asia Asia Town Plaza,、um, neighborhood, which is basically being when you go to a mall like Asia Plaza or Asia Town Center, you'll be able to use a tablet and tell us everything about this area. That's great. And then you can、uh, ch- check out videos, check out the different stores available, different places you can go eat, so on and so on. It's very it's 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 a it's a project obviously has been trying to do for the past two years. Finally, we got a little tiny grant, and we got it going thanks to Cleveland Foundation, and hoping that we can get more grants in the future. That's awesome. So now we have another new election、uh, elective officers, right? Yeah, and I noticed that the Filipino community is also turning a new page. It's like a new、yeah. era because there's two organizations that I know, APPO. So yeah, and、uh, there's also a doctors' association called Association of Philippine Physicians of Ohio. They just elected another younger president. Although、oh. last last two years the president was also young.、So、Are you calling me old? I'm not saying anything. I plead the fifth. Okay. Fifth. <laughs> And then we have Paso. This is really a new era, an election. A lot of the officers who got elected were really、uh, young—not babies, but、uh, a bit younger than normal、uh, n- normal officers. Well, you need them because the younger, vibrant people they can make it better. Yeah, I was telling the、they、officers too that you know, if an organization is stagnant and they don't invite new people, it's gonna die off,、mm. right? Well, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we know of other Asian organizations besides OCA, the Philippines? Because we 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 keep mentioning this on. Air, but I don't. Well, there is J J C O, which is Japanese American Citizen League. They probably already have an election, and I'm trying to reach them out, reach out to them to come here to to talk about it. And the Korean organization, the Korean Korean American organization, they pr- also had an election recently. Yeah. So if there's any of you listeners who know anyone from any other Asian organizations, please、uh, get in touch with us. We are in Facebook. Just look for Asia Town Voice, and you will see the picture of Ian, myself, and Johnny. Oh yes, <laughs> and just、uh, messages there, and we will re- respond to you. So we have two special guests today, right? Yeah. Let me begin by introducing them. Okay. We have two special guests here. Both of these persons are newly elected officers of Paso Philippine American Society of Ohio. The president-elect is Amy Castro. 
Amy grew up in the Filipino community in the West Side, a member of PAM, Philippine American Ministry, a member of APPO, Association of Philippine Physicians of Ohio, PASO, and Knights of Rizal. She graduated from Bowman School, also finished her degree in biology in Loyola University in Chicago. She stayed in Chicago for a few years, worked for the Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago and she also is involved with a side business for Mary Kay and um, very well accomplished in that field. She was just, I guess she missed Cleveland so she came back in Cleveland a few years uh, years ago. And our second guest, Noel Yugilon, grew up also in the Cleveland Filipino community in the West Side as well. Almost the same organizations as Amy, Philippine American Ministry, member of former president of the PAM Youth Group. Association of Philippine Physicians of Ohio and also uh, Philippine American Society of Ohio. Noel is a graduate of uh, St. Ignatius High School, that uh, high school football uh, powerhouse here in Ohio. He was a four-year letterman in tennis there. He received his BS Finance from Fordham University and during college he was also a four-year letterman for the uh, men's intercollegiate tennis and squash teams and also captained the uh, squash team for two years. So after college, he he was also uh, he also stayed in New York City and um, I guess got blinded by the lights of New York City and spent the next 17 years building his financial career with banks such as Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. But also he got homesick and you know just like salmon fish, wherever you were born, you go back to where to where you were born. Salmon fish is also good, delicious. Um, <laughs> So, without further ado, Amy. Hello. And well. Hello. So, guys, congratulations on your uh, elections. I hope you didn't bribe anyone to elect for you because that would not be good. We're not in the Philippines, remember. <laughs> All right, that's right, that's right. So, tell us about PASO. PASO, the Philippine American Society of Ohio, uh, we're a social group. We're also a not-for-profit group. We're kind of the umbrella organization for the Northeast Ohio Filipino groups. The other groups that Alex mentioned, they kind of fall within under our umbrella. And our members can overlap. We Our objectives are to promote our culture, not only just within our community, but also the state level as well as national. We are also proud to have the Philippine Cultural and Civic Center, kind of the crowning glory of PASO, located in Parma, 1975 West Ridgewood Drive. It's where we hold many of our events. It's kind of the hub of our community. Not only do we have masses for our Philippine American ministry, but we also hold meetings, practices for our cultural presentations, and we also rent it out on the weekends for events. That's correct. So if you call listeners that place Philippine Cultural and Civic uh, center is available for rental for anyone. Amy, you're the president-elect, right? Yes. And Noel, you're the uh, secretary-elect. Yes. So with your new, uh, with your new positions in Paso, what's what's the tenure of the officers? How long do they serve? One year, six months, one month? Two years. So our term will be 2014 through the end of 2015. Okay. And hopefully, we'll be reelected. Do you guys uh, have a website or a Facebook presence that you'd like to promote? You can visit us at www.philamohio.com. So, Noel, how long have you been involved with PASO before you moved to New York? Or I forget, how long have you been back in Cleveland? Yeah, I've only been back for a few months now, since the spring. Um, before that, I had been uh, living in New York um, between college and, uh, and work for, I would say, the last 20 years. 
Um, so coming back here was, you know, happy to be back um, and happy to be back and contributing to our to our organization. And to the community as well. Yes. When you were in New York, were you involved with uh, other Filipino organizations there or Asian organizations? Oh, uh, yes, I was. Um, there were a few organizations I, I contributed uh, uh, contributed time to and volunteered. Um, there are a lot of different organizations. Um, the, the tri-state, uh, the tri-state area, which comprises Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, is one of the largest uh, populations of Filipinos and Filipino Americans oh, in the country. Interesting. So. Uh, probably second to uh, um, the cities on the West Coast, but certainly a, a large population there. And so a lot of organizations, such as Submissible, uh, which really was uh, more educational, uh, developing uh, younger Filipino-Americans and understanding their culture and understanding where you know, where our parents and their generations uh, came from. Um, also with uh, FACES, which is the Philippine-American um, Coalition for Environmental Services. Um, I did some work with them. And also just some other organizations that I that I did help out with. And they have uh, activities too. When you were in New York, what what kind of activities did they did they do there that you think were a little bit different from when you were Ohio, when you were in Ohio? Well, I think uh, definitely with the uh, the environmental services, I think uh, they were more focused on some of what's happening in the Philippines and just making sure that um, uh, for their coalition that they were. Uh, focused on um, a clean up some of the environmental issues surrounding uh, uh, surrounding the mainland um, that were infect- that were uh, affecting uh, the citizens of uh, some of the coastal uh, coastal cities um, with submissible I would say it was it was uh, a lot of cultural events um, a lot of development and education uh, for the most part um, a lot of Filipino Americans which is important um, it's really understanding their culture and where their you know where their parents came from. Uh, m- many of the Filipinos, uh, Filipino Americans, are first generation, uh, meaning their parents came over from the from the Philippines right. uh, to pursue careers, um, uh, different vocations. So I think it's important for you know for that organization. It was very important for the first generations that were here to uh, to help them understand their culture and understand what it means not only to be Filipino but also to be you know a Filipino American. How about you, Amy? You went to Chicago for schooling, right? I did. So what made you choose Chicago and leave Cleveland? Is it the school, relatives? Because my cousins went to Chicago also for school. Well, actually, uh, my older sister, Grace, went to Loyola as well. Um, So I kind of followed in her footsteps. And as her friends used to say, I followed in the footsteps of my ate, so my older sister, um, so a lot of things that she did, I ended up doing too. <laughs> I got involved in dance. I got involved in, um, you know, student council, different organizations while I was at home. But then when I did move to Chicago, it was overwhelming, actually, um, just to see the difference in the Filipino community there. Obviously, it's a lot larger. Mm-hmm. Being on campus, you meet Filipino kids who grew up with Filipino kids as their best friends, their best buds. They went to school with them and everything. And in Ohio, I was the only Filipino kid in my class. Oh, really? And actually, after my siblings graduated, I was the only one in the school. So it is interesting. It was refreshing almost in that I wasn't the ambassador to the Philippines for all of my classmates. It was more I fit in and they understood where I was coming from. They're not asking me, you know, what's that fishy smell in your lunch? They knew, <laughs> they knew it was, uh, you know, they knew what it was. So um, it was very different. But also after that, when I came home, you know, I felt like I brought back more with me, you know, oh. you know, learning from the kids I went to school with, the different events we attended and planned um, and coming home. 
I felt like I had a lot to contribute to the community here in Cleveland. I think traveling always makes someone um, wiser. Definitely. Yeah, do you, do you both agree? Because I'm from the I was born in the Philippines. When I came here, the way I am now is different from before I came here. You mm-hmm. know, some people think that oh, that's not good. Some people think that it's good. But I think in a general manner, you know, if you travel, your your eyes get gets opened a lot, and you have more broader understanding. Definitely. Yep. So, um, going back to uh, Paso, um, how long has if you guys know how long has Paso been an organization? So. Uh, again, to our listeners, PASO is the Philippine American Society of Ohio. Tell us a little bit of PASO's history and what it's what it has contributed so far in the city of Ohio. Uh, so uh, PASO originally formed in uh, 1967, which was the result of a lot of uh, dedicated Filipinos who came over during the late 60s um, as part of the um, uh, the hospitals and a lot of the uh, medical uh, facilities here were looking overseas for uh, uh, medical practitioners. So uh, uh, many of them who came over and came over to the uh, to Northeast Ohio to practice had formed this organization as a way to, I guess we can say, in a way to sort of uh, keep themselves together. Yes, um, I to agree. Because I think it doesn't matter what race you are or what country, you'll see people that if you go to a foreign land, you try to seek people that are kind of similar to you. Maybe in their case, they wanted to eat food, speak their language, you know, it's like, you know, I think that's you know, my guess is that's how it all started. Yeah, I think I, I think you're you're spot on with that. Um, it was really just to promote the culture, but also as being uh, visitors. You know, initially being visitors and, and eventually being citizens of, of the country, they wanted to uh, embrace their culture, but also embrace this new uh, this new culture that they're that, that they were becoming a part of. So Paso, um, you know, in the late '60s and early '70s was was you know, designed to do that, to promote, you know, their heritage, but also um, promote and, and contribute to this community that they've uh, they've uh, now become a part of. Yeah, that's great. Uh, my uncle is a member of PASO, too. And I think I remember seeing pictures when they lived in Parma. And, uh, yeah, and that's one of the uh, – he came to, the, to Ohio also because I think – I don't think they have a choice or something, but at that time, that state was the one needing a lot of doctors. And so – you know, there was a lot of initial burst of Filipino doctors in the 1960s in, in Ohio. So, are you guys excited to be to become officers of PASO? You know, you're looking forward to this uh, next two years. What are your, uh, what's your platform, Madam President? <laughs> and you. Mr. Secretary, after uh, Madam President answers. <laughs> well, definitely, um, definitely excited about the next two years. One of the main things that I've been thinking about is growth growth. How do we um, grow our experiences together as a community? How do we increase our membership? Obviously, because um, without members and young members, we can't sustain this organization. Part of that, too, is utilizing an IT committee to help facilitate um, a lot of the communication, the way we, you know, the way we communicate. How many times a day do you open a letter Whereas how many times a day do you look at your phone or look at your computer? Um, This is how our generation communicates and we need to be there. We need to be present and this is how we're going to increase our membership. Um, Also want to promote different ideas for events. We want to be an inclusive community. We'd like to draw um, members from all corners of the state. We we would like to see some new faces. Um, We want members to feel needed and to feel 
that they are valuable to our community. So we'd like to get a lot of participation that way by creating new activities. So um, who can be uh, members of PASO? Anyone of Filipino descent or married to a Filipino can become a member. Um, you can find our membership form on www.philamohio.com. Also, at these events I keep talking about, um, come greet us, find out what we're all about, um, and we can definitely hook you up that way. Um, we'd love to see your faces, and um, there is a fee involved. It's a one-time fee for your membership dues, but it's well worth it. And there is a family membership, right? There is a family membership. And all it's a one-time fee. It's a lifetime membership. We're working on some nifty membership cards that you can flash around town. Um, hopefully, that'll get you some entree into some exclusive places. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know, that. like Nipah Hut yes. or something like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, um, so, how about so you, Noel? Does that mean that since I only live in Philippines for five years, I cannot join? Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. Um, Johnny lived in the Philippines for five years because his dad is a diplomat. diplomat. Taiwanese garment. Oh. I love Philippines because of the uh, bombing. In I the think country. this is a good time to honor, uh, give him an honorary <laughs> membership because he served oh. in the Philippines. Johnny, you're yes. in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I forgot to mention that, yes. Jo Johnny lived in the uh, Philippines for five years. Honorary member. You there are we in. go. Yeah, because we were, we were trying to figure out how do we confer honorary memberships. <laughs> we just figured it out. We yes. just figured it out. <laughs> there you go. Going back to you, Noel, what, as a new secretary, what are your visions? What are you excited about? Because people think that secretary only jots down notes. But, you know, I believe that every officer, its role contributes to, the, to any organization. Uh, you know, uh, and I agree with you on that, but I think it's more than that. It's really, um, it's uh, promoting and um, and helping contribute to leadership's uh, leadership's vision. You know, Amy's uh, Amy is a great choice uh, as president. You know, as the person that's going to lead this transition. So my role, I think, uh, if we look at it in very simple terms, is to really help support and promote her vision and be part of that vision. Uh, because you know we have some we have some big things lined up, and you know we also have some big shoes to fill, which we're prepared for. Um, but uh, you know, and I agree with everything you know that uh, you know that Amy mentioned about growing the growing the community and 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 bringing in new membership. I think there's also one additional thing that uh, that we're also responsible for, which is also um, preserving and protecting our uh, our parents' generation and their legacy. Um, if you really think about the cultural center, I think the cult cultural center really is the shining jewel. As, as Amy said, it's the shining jewel uh, of our organization. And it's also the legacy of, of the hard work, uh, represents really the hard work and the dedication of our parents and their generation and sort of bringing that together. So I think part of our, you know, part of our vision also includes protecting their legacy. Uh, but at the same time, expanding and growing, um, and and it's really our time, our generation as as first generation Filipino Americans. This is our time to embrace that leadership and embrace that change, and also to bring you know bring the people that we grew up with, bring them back to the organization, show them the reasons why we love this organization and why we, you know, it's a great time to be a part of it, because there there are some exciting things that are going to be happening over the next couple of years that you know they they should be a part of that. Yeah, we want them to feel uh, the feel part of. That's right. That's um, right. 
And um, I think you're also right that any um, center that's based on culture has has an impact on the community. Because if you drive around, there's like Slovenian center, there's like different centers, there's Japanese, Korean. And just the fact that it exists makes people aware of the culture in the city of Cleveland. So a question. It's only one-time membership because on the website say there's also annual membership. Oh, that's a different. Uh, would you like? To, that's a different level of membership. There is a lifetime membership, and there's a single membership, and there's a family membership. Yeah, because I'm looking right now. And you know, Amy has the power to change that if she so wishes. <laughs> I think our main goal we would strive for a lifetime membership. One day when I have a family, I'm going to have to change up my membership status. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So I think yeah, lifetime is a better option. Because uh, once you're in, you're in. Can't get out. <laughs> you're in. Once you're Filipino, you can't not be. You can't so not here we be. are. Oh, yeah. Honorary. 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 Johnny, Johnny, you've crossed the point of no return. Yes, that's okay with me. Oh yeah, yeah. I just. I real. actually miss Philippines so much. I mean, I have so many fond memories there. Really. <laughs> it might be different now when you go back there. I, I mean, my dad take me all over the places. I mean, go to uh, circus and all the different beaches. I had a great time. It's fully, really, really fully developed now in Manila. When I left in uh, 1989 and came back in 2004, so I was gone for a long time. And there's a lot of, I was like shocked. I feel like I'm in a different country and more so for Johnny because he hasn't been there for a very long time. Since I was eight years old. Wow, wow. Um, Yeah, so um, when I was here as a student at Cleveland State, you know, a lot of my, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my uncles were Paso members. And I think some of the kids thought that PASO was only an organization for older people because they grew up you know, watching their parents. And that's why I think some of the younger, our generation are like, they don't want to join it because they only saw their parents. Um, that's, that's something that's same thing with OCA. Yeah. And that's oh, the, same that's, thing? Yeah. And that's the reason why, that's one of the reasons why uh, motivation got existed. Oh, interesting. Uh, because the, the people, the founder of motivation felt like they don't want to belong to the older generations. <laughs> That's funny. That's not going to happen, Paso. There's no more offshoot organizations. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Just one. But, um, yeah, even though the kids participated in cultural dances for Paso, right? Yes. So, you know, a lot of my cousins grew up participating in these dances. And some of their pictures are still in the walls of the Philippine Cultural and Civic Center. So, any um, any memories from PASO when you guys were just members? Uh, I know that, Amy, you, were, you participated in several dances, right? Yes. Um, I actually got started, became more active in PASO when I was in fourth grade. And from there, as an awkward teenager, met um, actually some of the best friends that I have in my whole life. So, very lucky to have been brought into the community. So like you said, with the dances, that's just the beginning. That's the teaser. The teaser. Um, <laughs> but what really, from there, as I said, you grow relationships, community. And from there, that's what I hope to keep building. We're lucky that our parents brought us into this community, but what are, what's our, what are we going to, you know, what's our stamp going to be? What are we passing on? Many of us, I know maybe we don't speak Tagalog, which that's right. I'm working on. Okay. Yes. So how yes. how how big is the the Filipino community here? I think several years ago in Northeast Ohio, it's about more than fifty thousand. 
50,000 or yeah, so higher. It should have been increased by now. Which is actually pretty large. That's a pretty large That's number pretty considering large number, the, yeah. the, the geography when you and, look at Northeast Ohio. And this majority don't live in Parma? Yeah. But your culture, the cultural center is at, at Parma? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so the, the two Filipino stores are in Parma. The co- no, actually so three. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm playing the role of a person who doesn't know much about the Filipino culture, so I'm asking all this. And uh, how, about, how about you, Noel? What are your memories, early memories of involvement with PASO? You know what? It's uh, it's it's kind of strange as, as I'm thinking about it. I never actually danced when I was younger. What? Uh, I don't you know. You were just into sports. I don't know. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. You know, I had to go back and think how about it. How did you it. escape that? I don't, I don't know if escape <laughs> is the word. I don't know how that how that passed me by. You know, it's that that aside. Um, you know, it was just really growing up with a community and similar to you know similar experience to Amy. It was really getting involved at a, a young age and you know meeting other Filipinos and, and their families and sort of, you know, going through school and going through high school together and really just growing up uh, growing up together and, and just really sort of sharing that common bond. For me, I know it sounds, it sounds very general, but it, mm-hmm. it actually meant a lot to me that having gone away for all these years and then coming back and still seeing my friends that I haven't seen in, in years, that bond will always exist. Oh, those yeah. Are, those are yeah. lifelong friends. And, I uh, always say that uh, your true friend, if you get separated geographically, when you see each other, you just continue where you left off. Yeah. Right? That's absolutely correct. It's like you were talking yesterday, and then he was gone for years, and then when you get back, you just continue where you where you left off. So uh, at this point, we're at the top of uh, half of our hour, so we will take a short break. And during the break, we will listen to the band Sandcat. She was a guest here several weeks ago. From her first album, debut album, Supernatural, with her band, and this track is called Shadow Girl. Enjoy. Come on, Shadow Girl, won't you stop straightening your hair? You're so concerned of looks, but you know nobody cares. A lifetime of feeling empty with doubt. Those 2 a.m. nightmares you can't figure out.
And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that single, Shadow Girl by Sancat. Our listeners, Asia Town Voice is an hour-long non-profit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We are here every Sunday at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides an inside look at the Asian Pacific Americans community and their culture education, and their events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that listeners will enjoy our program and give support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. So we are back with our guests, uh, newly elected officers, President Amy Castro, Madam President, and Secretary-elect Noel Yugilon, Mr. Secretary. So the first half of our show, you guys heard about PASO and uh, the background of our newly elected presidents. Now let's talk a little bit more about your background. Growing up Filipino, do you two know play piano? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes, my I expected that, uh, yes. Several weeks ago, we have a guest, uh, Justin Galindo. He's a filmmaker in Los Angeles. He's also from Cleveland. Went to Holy Name. His mother is Filipino, Filipina, and his father is Mexican. And I asked the same question. He also learned keyboards. See, Johnny, it's it's standard. If you're Filipino, you have to learn keyboards. I learned violins. No. <laughs> oh I was kind of, well, my sister played piano, and I played violin. So yeah. that's about it. But, you know. That's that's how we say to do in Asian culture, I guess. So growing up, growing up Filipino in a Filipino household, were you aware that you're Asian or Filipino? Yes. You enjoy the same food. What what's your? When did you realize that? Oh, I might be a little bit different from <laughs> from other kids in school. I think one thing that Amy mentioned earlier is the food when it smells. You know, that's something you started realizing that. Oh, I I'm the only person who's who's uh, who has rice and adobo for lunch. And <laughs> oh, definitely food. Um, even, you know, they'd come to my house after school to play and my grandparents were living with us. I mean, that that was a big thing. I yes. think I, I'm very lucky to have grown up with my grandparents in my house, but none of my classmates understood it. Utter, understood it. They didn't understand that they lived with us that they, you know, would go travel around the states and visit their other grandchildren and live with them for months at a time. Um, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Yes. yes. Um, and that's definitely one of the other things that set us apart is our values that we've learned from our parents, from our grandparents. We had that around us every day, waking up and going to bed. That's is our guiding force there that maybe some ki- some of the other kids weren't lucky enough to have. And uh, that's one aspect of our culture that's also true in the Philippines. I mean, I know both if you grew up here but in the Philippines it's the same way your grandparents live with you you know and same same with me when uh, when I was a student here my grandparents live with my uncle live with us and we learn a lot from them no nursing homes no nursing yes, homes that's correct no nursing no. homes with due respect to uh the nursing homes it's it's just a cultural difference i guess you know some filipinos are are just uh, like this the way we do things but about you noel what were you growing up as a filipino what was i yeah <laughs> <laughs> were you a girl <laughs> wow <laughs> that's why i'll edit that um honestly um I, to answer your earlier question about when i first noticed it it's you know, similar lines, you know, your grandparents, um, in my case, uh, you know, my mom's side, my, um, my grandparents would you know, come from the Philippines and live with us for a few months uh, during their visit. But it's also, the first thing I, I noticed was the accents. You know, their accent was different from from ours. The pronunciation of certain letters. Oh, that's interesting. Course. You noticed that. Yeah. Certain letters, I mean, you notice it right away. Um, they said it a little differently than uh, than we do. 
So I, I picked up on that uh, early on. Also, of course, um, uh, when I was growing up, um, luckily for me, there were a lot of Filipino, like other Filipino families in our neighborhood. Yeah, which oh, yeah. is great. And um, you know, I recently took my wife through that old neighborhood and, and showed her where everyone lived. We were all a few houses away from each other. We all sort of lived, you know, two or three streets uh, uh, combined. But um, uh, I was going to say that um, it, it, when I moved to North Royalton. Um, I was one of the only Filipinos. I hmm. think, in fact, I was. I think we have been, may have been one of the only Asians at at the school at the time. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that was certainly one, uh, you know, one eye opening experience for me. Uh, how about you, Amy? You, you said that at one point you were the only Asian in your school, right? I was. Yes, and then. Um, by the time I graduated, a few more Filipino families came into the school, through the area, which was great. Um, and I always felt like I had to, you know, big sister them through school. Um, you know, funnily enough, those relationships, I still have them with those kids. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> great. Which is, which is really great. Um, one, of, one of the questions that I often ask or we often ask our Asian guests is, did you experience any discrimination while you were growing up? You know, I, uh, I don't remember experiencing any uh, uh, growing up. I mean, I knew I was, you know, I was Asian and I knew I was Filipino. But um, just from, from my personal experience, yes. I, didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I experienced any of that. So maybe I was fortunate. Uh, yeah. In that regard, I don't know what anyone else's experiences were. But how about you, Amy? Um, I was lucky also um, to not experience any of that firsthand. Um, I just remember my classmates and friends growing up; they were more curious instead yeah. of being negative. They wanted to know what I was eating. They were curious about, oh, what did your Lola say? I couldn't understand it, and I would have to, you know, kind of explain what what was going on. Isn't it funny though that they ask you what you're eating then, and you you know you don't know what you're eating too, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you weren't born there, right? You're like, well, this is what my mom. <laughs> this is this is bread. This is what they, with this is what sugar at home. <laughs> and cheese and butter on it, and it's delicious, and it's called ensaymada. That's yes. all you have to know. Now, um, Noel, I notice in your, uh, I see that you're into sports a lot. Yes. Yeah. So, what are the sports that you participated in in high school? And I notice a lot of racket sports, squash, tennis. Yeah, racket sports were pretty prevalent in uh, in my family. Uh, my older sister, my brother, um, you know, my mom and dad got us into racket sports when we were very young. Uh, my brother and I continued to uh, to pursue that uh, in in uh, in our uh, grammar school, our high school years, and also our college years. Uh, so tennis was definitely a uh, was a big sport. It was sort of a bonding uh, a, a bonding sport. Does your parent play sports too? Is it a sport oriented family, athletic family? Um, I don't know if it's athletic. I think uh, I would say that uh, both my mom and my dad had had great hand-eye coordination, which I oh, think, okay. which I think was very fortunate for my older brother and I that we were able to play tennis. Um, um, I don't know if it was well, but we we played. <laughs> <laughs> That's what counts. Uh, yeah. So, uh, listeners, if you want sports, just try it. Don't be afraid if you're uncoordinated, if if you don't hit the ball, if you hit someone, just play. But you know, but uh, answering your question, you know, sports was definitely a bonding, uh, something that bonded us. You know, that we all played together. I remember when we were younger, our parents used to take us to the tennis courts, and we'd all, all of us would have our rackets, and we'd all nice. play. Um, you have a little competition with your siblings. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that it also brought the competition out uh, yeah. out of all of us. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you have a, if you have a sibling, if you have a, an older brother or an older sister, it's always there's always a little bit of competition, and sometimes that competition brought out some of the elements that you hardly ever want people to see. That but be, that's, that's time. That's for another day and age. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's interesting because I don't have any brothers or sisters. I'm always curious how this you know sibling interaction you know develops how about you amy what what were your interests growing up because um, all i read there read here are your numerous awards do you practice in front of the mirror for for the pageants or what what were you not anymore <laughs> <laughs> um i started dancing um all kinds of dance ballet jazz tap oh. um at a studio in broadview heights where i grew up and currently reside also um, but then also with the Filipino community, I learned a lot of folk dances. And this is where, as I mentioned earlier, I met a lot of my friends. Um, the death-defying tinik ling, which is dancing That's between right. the two That's bamboo right. poles. Two bamboo poles. And then also equally death-defying the binasuan, where you dance with lighted candles. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. One on your head and then holding two in your hands as well. Um, so a lot of performance uh, happened Oriented. in my childhood. Lots of picture taking. Um, my dad, he's known for his cameras. Um, is this a, an Asian stereotype? Of uh... I think so. I think it <laughs> spans across different races, right, Johnny? Johnny is also a photographer, and he uses um, DS... not photographer. Is, uh, is he uses DSLR to make his films. Ooh. I also use regular camcorders. Yeah, I switch over to DSLRs. Yeah, so I think camera is an Asian thing. It's an thing. <laughs> well, my father is a photographer. Oh, there you I, go. I, I hate being taken picture by my my dad, but there's that's where you tons, got your genes. You're interested in pictures. <laughs> I concur. Yeah. <laughs> so every time he had a camera there, I'd run in the opposite direction, try to hide myself. But still, you know. So um, so performance. I studied a lot of dances. I studied dance um in grade school throughout high school. Um, as well as college, and then um, moving back, um, all of these Filipino organizations, they have their maybe biannual, semi-annual events. Um, a lot of them, we learn ballroom dancing. We learn um, choreography for Filipino folk dances as well. Um, and just going back to preserving our culture, it's a great way. Um, it's a great way to get people involved. That's it's right. entertaining. Um, it does involve some of that hand-eye coordination that Noel was talking about. And I think <laughs> um, with your dance background, I think you should impart some of your knowledge to Noel because he claimed that he never danced at all, and I feel bad for him. So, well, it's, <laughs> we've got two years ahead of us. So, yes. I think before each board meeting, we have to teach Noel and you know have a little uh, presentation. Yes. I don't know, just a thought. Just he'll a thought. he'll be my little grasshopper. That's right. That's right. See Noel, you're ready now. You can have you and your wife will learn ballroom dancing at the end of next year. Wow, I still don't know how I how I managed to get through my my uh, wonder years without ever having to do any Filipino dances. It's still astounding. Oh boy, that's interesting. And um, I think we always ask this question to all our guests: What is your favorite Asian food, and could you cook for us? It doesn't have to be wow. Filipino. So let's start with Noel. Um, actually, I think I have made adobo before. Oh. And I think so I is that your favorite it. Asian food? I would say adobo. I love adobo. Okay. Um, 
explain to our listeners what uh, adobo is. Um, adobo is basically uh, uh, chicken or, or pork um, with uh, uh, usually uh, uh, peppercorns, uh, uh, fried with garlic. garlic and vinegar, correct? I'm not going to say because um, adobo is a national Filipino dish that's cooked by different regions. Yeah. So my um, interpretation might be different from you. That's why I want to hear how how you uh, envisioned this dish. I think that's exactly how I envisioned uh, the dish, and I think that's exactly how I made it. Um, in fact, um, I made it the first time I ever made adobo. I made it for my uh, my roommates when I was living in New York, <laughs> both of whom are yeah, um, guinea pigs. Is that what? <laughs> who are yeah? Uh, um, they were guinea pigs because I was. Um, I had this thing about experimental cooking, and that was oh. one of the things I experimented <laughs> with. It actually came out uh, uh, quite good, but yeah, to, uh, you're right. Uh, and I bet you have Pepto-Bismol in your... <laughs> it's experimental <laughs> cooking after all. That was very good. The other thing that uh, um, you always have to serve uh, adobo with rice. Of course. Of always course. have to have a rice cooker. How is your adobo? Is it dry, a little sauce, or with soup? No, I think mine was dry. A little um, bit oily. Yeah, a little bit oily. Okay. Maybe it's a little, yeah, a little bit oily. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since I made it. I think I can still do it. I think you should be inspired to cook for your wife this weekend. You know, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you Amy? <laughs> What's your favorite dish? Well, while I do love adobo, I think my favorite dish is torta. So oh, for all, all of right. you out there. All right, explain to us this torta. It's a ground meat. Um when I was growing up, we used a lot of ground beef, but of course, you know, maybe I'm trying to be healthy and I use ground turkey now. Um, but you marinate it in a mixture of lemon juice and soy sauce. And then in your saucepan, you saute garlic and onion, and then you add in your marinated meat. And then this is the best part. You dice potatoes and you fry them crispy. And while that's going, you add in... You fry them in a separate pan. Oh, yes, okay. in a separate pan. And then you take carrots. Um, you can do... I like to do green beans. Whatever kind of vegetables you have hanging out in the fridge. You okay. chop them up really small. All right. Add that to your meat. And when your potatoes are done, you add it all together. And you eat it on top of rice. And for breakfast the next morning with an egg. Mm, on top yes. of it, separately, or mixed with it? Oh, mixed together. It sounds uh, delectable. So our, to our audiences, you, you just received a, a free recipe, two dishes of two Filipino dishes. So this episode is available online. So if you just play it again several weeks from now, you will learn how to cook these two basic Filipino dishes. Very basic. <laughs> Very. Sometimes experimental. Yeah, sometimes experimental. <laughs> so have a Pepto-Bismol ready too. That's what I'm saying. So um, before I forget... Uh, I know PASO and a lot of Filipino organizations have been organizing fundraisers for the victims of uh, Typhoon Haiyan and it's Typhoon Yolanda in the Philippines, that's how they call it. Um, what are these two or, or several events that PASO is supporting in order to uh, help the Typhoon victims in the Philippines? On December 21st, we are sponsoring an event at PJ McIntyre's that's in Cam's Corners on the west side of Cleveland. Um, it is $25, I believe. You can pay at the door. There will be entertainment, all-you-can-eat food and drinks. And the highlight of the evening, other than a welcome speech by me, that's right, will be a bagpipe band. 
And this bagpiper is half Filipino, half Scottish. Wow. Um, what wow. a great combination. How old is this uh, guy? He's 15 years old. So uh, to our listeners, girls, he's a 15-year-old bagpiper. He looks good too because we met he's him. He's tall. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's tall. So Tall, he, dark, dark hair. It should hair, be yep. a treat to uh, watch him play this Definitely. Instrument. He is currently learning the Philippine National Anthem to play oh, for really? us That's good. on the 21st. That's good. Yes. Um, there will be T-shirts for sale um, in support of uh, the disaster relief. It's pretty cool. It's black. It's got um, the islands of the Philippines on the front. Um, you can purchase them there. Yes. And uh, to our listeners, just because um, it's not being covered anymore in the news, the needs in the Philippines are very dire. Um, it's very long-term, and um, it's ongoing. So, we know that the country has donated a lot of um, funds to different various relief efforts, but this is a long-term need for that area, which was devastated and really leveled, if you look at the pictures on uh, in the Internet. Are there any uh, future fundraisers that uh, you guys are planning? In April, um, actually, I got the date today, April 5th, there will be a concert held at St. Albert the Great Church. Uh, Vicky Flores, who is a piano teacher and vocalist, uh, she and her son, Ariel, are um, organizing a benefit concert for the, the typhoon relief. And so we've got a couple months here to promote it. Um, you'll be hearing more about it, I hope. That's right. From you, uh, your Facebook, si- <laughs> Facebook site and uh, website, right? Yes. So that is kind of, that will be the culmination of our fundraising efforts um, on April 5th. So if you guys uh, can't attend these fundraisers, you can always go to donate via our website, the PASO website and the PASO Facebook site. All you have to do is search for PASO in Facebook and it should come up there. And there's a link there to donate, right? Yes. So um, we have a few minutes left. Any, uh, what are the plans um, for the next two years? Well, I want to start with Noel. Um. Well, I think uh, one of the plans uh, that we mentioned earlier was really just growing membership um, and really trying to uh, uh, bring some of the younger generation, you know, the younger uh, Filipino-Americans and uh, people that are part of our generation uh, back to the organization that we grew up in. Um, so we do have some ideas for activities and and things that we think will, will not only help bring them back, but... Uh, uh, at the same time, we also want to just promote our, you know, promote our culture and promote, you know, promote this organization uh, as part of this community. So. Amy, what can you, uh, any final words to our Filipino listeners thinking of PASO and um, know that it exists? What, the last few words for them, and, or if you want to invite them to join, what can they expect? Um, I really want to impress upon you that this is this is a new era for Paso, as Alex said. Um, we are we're blazing a trail. It's it's a daunting task, um, just knowing that we have time to um, to learn from the older generation while forging this new path. Um, we can't really move forward without you know the guidance of those that pave the way. Um, that being said, if you are interested in joining PASO, want to learn more about it, obviously please visit our Facebook page or our website. Um, but also, you know what? If you see a Filipino person in the store, you better go up and say hello. That's this right. happened to me the other day. I was out shopping and I saw a lady who looked familiar and she kept looking at me and looking away. Kinda, and, is that Filipina? Yeah. <laughs> like, was she trying to flirt with me? I don't know. Yes. So I... 
I saw her at the register and I introduced myself. Turns out she knows my mom. She knows all these other people we know. And there we go. Um, I know a lot of times you might see another Filipina or Filipino in the store and you kind of put your head down and walk away. Yes, yes. I've seen that before. I've seen it happen to me. Well, if I see you, I'm going to talk to you. Yes. And I might ask you to join PASO. She will give you a business card. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, say hello to your fellow Filipinos. Uh, We're almost at the top of our hour. Any last words, Johnny, for this show? I think I think that's about it. Other than um, you know, after this show it's over, it's uh, Christmas. Oh yeah! So we need to yes. wish everybody a great holiday season. Merry Christmas Merry to you Christmas. all. Maligayang Pasko at manigumbagan taon sa lahat ng mga Pilipino nakikinig. Send them quietly. <laughs> that's all you have to say. Four words compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.